0: And welcome to the Q York podcast, brought to you from our local church in the beautiful city of York in the UK. The message you're about to hear is from one of our services, which also feature great live music and relevant movie clips. These can all be found on our blog, so to make sure you're getting the full experience, feel free to head over to qyork.co.uk and select blog to find the relevant content. There's also a huge selection of talks and live music videos on our media page, as well as a donate button if you'd like to show your appreciation and enable us to keep producing free content like this. Finally, to stay up to date on new blogs and events at Q, you can sign up for emails by filling in your name and email address at the bottom of any page on the website. But right now, it's time for the message. Today, I want to tell you a story about a story. So, a story about me. A few months back, I was in a bit of a funk. Anybody ever get in a bit of a funk when you're just feeling a bit down about things? Because something had happened. I'd done something. Maybe I shouldn't have done. That was debatable. But... I had really hurt somebody's feelings, and I felt like I'd created this big mess. In my head, I was like, such a bad person, and I'm not really sure, is there any hope for this situation? I feel helpless. And I had a conversation with Jenny, and she said, "Um, what is the story that you are telling yourself about what is going on at the moment, and is it true? And when I actually looked at it, I thought, actually, maybe the story I'm telling myself isn't actually a real story. Because I think we are telling ourselves stories all the time and we are being told stories all the time. Have a think about it. I listened to, it was really fun, Prime Minister's Question Time this week, anybody tune in for that? (laughs) Entertaining stuff. They're telling you stories all the time. You've got one side saying, well, actually, the decisions we've made this week are going to lead to this, and these are the good guys, and these are the bad guys, and this is what's going to happen, and these people are the victims, and we need to look after these people. And the other people are like, that's not the story at all. This is the story. And so all the time, they're trying to get me as the listener to believe a certain story. Uh, It's not just politicians that do it. Adverts do it. Every time you're on social media or watching the TV, the advert is trying to tell you a story about who you are, what the world is, what could happen to you if you bought this product, and what the story would be as it panned out. Uh, I think sports teams do it. Sports teams offer us a thing that will make us somebody and will be part of this bigger story. I think religion definitely does on it, and we're gonna touch on that a little bit later. There's a story of the whole cosmos and how that happened, what your role is in it, what the God character role is in it, and we all have our parts to play. So I think, I'm wearing my Why Are We Here t-shirt this morning, because I think it's always an important question to ask why we come. And I'm incredibly grateful that you are here, because I know for a lot of you, um, you have incredibly busy weekends, incredibly busy life. Um, Joel of him is at work all day today from about 4 o'clock this morning and has come in, so thank you so much for being here. Um, but I appreciate all of your time, because it would, wouldn't be great me just talking to pews this morning. So we are questioning the stories in our life. I think that's why we come each week, because there are stories coming at us, and it's good to pause and say, what are the stories I'm telling myself about me, about the people around me, about my upbringing, my background, and where I'm headed? If I'm following the wrong story or the wrong narrative, I might end up becoming somebody I don't need to be, or maybe I don't want to be. So let's consider that story today, and also consider the roles that we play. Uh, In the Lion King, we have that line that says, you are more than you have become. And I think that could be true for all of us this morning, that there's actually somebody that we've become because we've been told this is the role you have to play in life, this is who you think you need to be. And I think there might be a better role that actually we can aspire to. So today I want to share with you an idea I've learned that might help us identify some particular roles that we play and that maybe we've been told to play and offer some alternatives that we can grow into. So, in 1968, a psychologist called Dr. Stephen Cartman published an article about what he called the Drama Triangle. Dun, dun, dun. It came out of a study looking into the different roles people play when there is relational conflict. Does anybody ever experience relational conflict? I think we've all been there at times. Now, you might be listening online or in here today and thinking, I'm not a dramatic person. This isn't really for me this morning. I just like to keep the peace. While well, you have a very particular role in the drama <laughs> triangle. And, uh, and I also want to say up front this morning, what, what this concept does is not try and put you in a box and say, you're this. In fact, we're trying to do the opposite this morning. We're trying to say, we may have put ourselves in boxes and identified ourselves in certain roles, and we want to free ourselves from that. Okay. When we're in relational conflict, there are three roles that he defines that we gravitate to. They are the victim. Poor me, says the victim. What would a sound effect be for the victim? Ah, oh, probably, oh, look at you there. They are like the damsel in distress. Then we have the villain. Sound effect for villain. Dun, dun, dun. It's the person that's like, ah. Probably something dissonant, like these violins going off like, eh the villain or the persecutor. Their catchphrase might be, it's all your fault. You did it wrong, should have done it my way. I know how to do things. The hero or the rescuer is the third identity that we can gravitate to. They might be, "Da da poor you, look, I'll do it for you, I'll do it for you, it's okay. So we've got those three identities that we can gravitate to, the victim, the villain, and the hero. Now, when I am the victim or the damsel in distress, I am full of fear. Fear is at the core of it. Chris talked about fear recently. And what's crucial to being the victim is that you feel powerless. Can you think of a situation where you have felt powerless recently? That's when we tend to jump into this role of victim. We say things like, it's hopeless, nobody understands, I'm helpless. Um, When I'm the villain or the persecutor, I'm focused on blame. What I want to do is point the finger, point out all the things that are wrong you are obsessed with the shoulds. You should have done it like that. If only they'd have done it like that. Maybe when we're watching the football, we turn into that sometimes. Oh, if only he'd put that person in that position. And Why did he play him? We're obsessed that we know how it should all be done. Uh, when we are the hero or the rescuer, we're consumed with what's right and making things okay. We want to be perceived as the good guy who's fixing stuff and saving the victim. The hero is all about jumping in to save the victim. So we say things like, oh, poor you, look, let me help, I'll do it for you. Now, the drama triangles in our lives are powerful because there are sometimes these unconscious needs that we all have that we get stuck in and um, they keep us stuck in these roles. So, If you uh, find yourself being a victim, and I think we all get like this sometimes, we depend on a hero rescuing us. And some of us are more attuned to that than others. We would just love somebody else to come in and save us. Uh, For example, as a musician and a songwriter, over the years, I've felt like a victim thinking, if only a record company would just swoop in and give me a deal, then my whole life would be amazing. Can you see how I'm playing that victim role? I'm dependent on someone else to come in and save me. Um, Okay, heroes are looking for a victim to save. You might be one of those people that kind of, when somebody's in a mess, think like, it's my opportunity to step up, suddenly I have a purpose in life, I can help them, it's okay, I'm here. Okay, now the persecutors need a victim to scapegoat. Maybe something's happened in their past and they're like, actually, being able to point the finger and go, they did it wrong, I've got it right, if only they'd done it like this. That can make us feel good sometimes. Okay, so my aim for you today is to understand that all of us play all three of these roles in differing measures. It's not like, well, mix a hero, we all know that. Actually, all of us play all of these roles. Now, it's, it's really tempting to do that thing of defining people by one of them, but what's really helpful about this for me is to realize I can go ding, feel like a hero, oh, oh, no, no, I feel like, a, oh, no, no, I feel like a villain. We play all of the roles, and all of them are unhelpful and can stop us living fully and growing into our potential. So, let's have a look at the role of victim. It's not fair. I am helpless and hopeless. Poor me. These are the things we might say when we are playing the victim. Hands up if you feel like maybe at any point this week, you might have felt a bit like a victim. If you don't, Let's help us identify this. The victim in this model is not an actual, actual victim. It's not like someone stabbed you or punched you or robbed you, but it's a role that we feel like. We feel like the victim and we act like one. So when I'm playing the victim, I convince myself and others that I can't do anything. All attempts are futile. It's hopeless. It's kind of like an emotional poverty mindset. We've heard a bit about poverty mindset before. It's when we're focused on everything that we don't have and everything that isn't working for us. So why would we identify as a victim? Why would we want to be that kind of role? Well, I think it's because it's easier. It's a lot easier and more comfortable to complain about everything that's wrong in the world than it is to grow and to change. It's more comfortable to complain, isn't it? That's why we do it. And whenever we are complaining, we're playing the victim. So who's done some complaining this week? Has anybody complained about something that you feel you are powerless to stop? That's a little more relatable, isn't it? Okay, the victim feels persecuted, oppressed, powerless, ashamed, and seems unable to make decisions, solve problems, take pleasure in life, or achieve insight. We talked recently um, about how at Q we are here to help Us get unstuck from things and help others get unstuck. Even the purpose of what we're doing with all our shows and everything we do is trying to help people get unstuck from these kind of roles that we get stuck in. We can spend endless hours when we're in this victim mode talking about our problems, our bad luck, and how we have been hurt. I love this. I read this this week. Our suffering seems to be our identity. Now, pause. Be careful of the temptation right now to think, well, I know who that is. I know who's a victim. I can think of all these people now that play the victim. What about you? When do you find yourself thinking, well, everything's powerless, I'm helpless? We've probably all got those situations in our life that we feel like we don't have the power to change them. Now, uh, we might be victim to a persecutor or villain. That's how this triangle works. And when we're in the victim mode, we feel like life happens to us we're at the mercy of whatever the villain might be so let's think of what the villains might be because you might not have like the joker or darth vader in your life but you might have the weather is the weather a villain to you well you look at, get up in the morning you open the windows and you're like well that's it the day's ruined it's raining <laughs> or what about traffic is traffic the villain to you you are like ah, why don't this sort of, this at the council and why why is this like this and, when we're complaining, we're, um, we're being the victim. Um, and we complain and we seek the pity of others. So if we're stuck in the role of victim, there are two options we need to look to. Option one I call the Bonnie Tyler option. It's the, I need a hero. So we're looking for a hero. We're looking for someone else to sweep in and save us and rescue us from the villain. And this can lead us to being emotionally manipulative. Because if I'm a victim and I need a hero to come and save me, then there's gotta be something in it for them. Because we say things like, when we're being emotionally manipulative, you never do anything nice for me. Victims might say something like that. Or if you really cared about me, then you'd... And what we're trying to do is get a hero to come in and swoop in and do something nice for us. Now the problem with the hero, spoiler alert for what's coming later, is that heroes are suckers for being needed. And that's why this triangle is so powerful. Because when you're a victim, and there's a hero that's like, I love, I love making people happy. I love doing things for people. And there's quite a few heroes probably in here because of the roles that we have and also especially because of Christianity. I think we're raised to think we need to be the heroes and fix everything for everybody. So that's how we get stuck in this drama triangle because the victim feels powerless because of the villain, whatever that villain might be. And so they look to the hero to save them and the heroes get their value from making sacrifices for the victims, and ultimately nothing changes and no one grows. Uh, when I was mentioning the other villains, I missed some out, so I want to mention them, another villain other than weather and the traffic might be your boss. It might be the kids. It might be your other half, that you're, you're a victim to whatever decisions they make. It might be fate, Well, it's just not meant to be, is it? That's a bit of a victim mindset. It might be other people's choices or your past choices that we complain about all of these things. Okay, so this is interesting. How do the three roles in the drama triangle relate to the conventional narrative of Christianity? We've talked about that conventional narrative before. Basically, it's the story that we've been told through some versions of Christianity. Well, I think in Christianity, we are painted as the victim of, it could be, predestination. If you don't understand what that means, it's this idea that God chose certain people for certain things and certain people for other things. So you're kind of a victim to whatever decision God wanted to make. You might feel a victim to the devil's plans, that there's this big baddie out there and he's wanting to come and hurt me or ruin my life and I'm powerless to stop it. You might feel that you're a victim to whatever God's plan is. I mean, if there's this omnipotent being that has a plan for your life, and I I got in a really messed up state, because I took that very literally and thought, well, what's God's plan for this morning for me? Like, what if I'm doing it wrong? And what happens if I miss my destiny and I end up where I'm not meant to be? Uh, You might feel like a victim to the fallen state of humanity or sin. You might think, well, there's this big power, sin in general, and I'm just powerless to make any decision or stop that. Um, And so when we feel powerless like that, we need a hero to swoop in and be our saviour we might need to keep that hero sweet as well because if they're not getting anything out of this, like some worship or something, then maybe they're not gonna be there to save us when actually things get really tough. Okay, the second option, so the first option was the Bonnie Tyler option, I need a hero. The second option is, I think, a little bit better. I call it the Tina Turner option. It's the, we don't need another hero. Because we don't need another hero because actually there is a different role that the victim can play. The victim, when I feel like a victim, I need to grow into a creator. And when I'm a creator, I take responsibility for my own life. I stop complaining about what is happening to me, and I say things like, I can do it. And what is the next step that I need to take? Now, some of you are thinking, but actually, I can't do it. Okay, but stepping into the creator role, we have to have a different mindset, and I think there's these two things that can help us, which is faith and gratitude. So, the way I understand faith now is that the opposite is sight. So sight is when I see everything that is impossible and I can't do. Faith is when I say, I see something that I can't see. I see something beyond. There is more to see than meets the eye. That's what I think of faith. Steve Devo, I was thinking of you this week. 2 Peter 1 verse 3. We used to talk to our kids about this all the time because we had a little song. It was, I have everything I need for life and godliness. If we actually believe that and take that for real, then it means I have everything I need. I don't need to play a victim. I don't need to look for a hero. I have everything I need to be a creator. Okay, the more beautiful gospel we talk about is that we aren't born into a curse. We are born blessed Actually, what came before the curse in the story in Genesis was original blessing, they call it. And it's this idea that God created people and said, You are blessed. You have authority to go out and make a cool world, go and do some cool stuff. Now, whatever happened after that, our original state is blessing. And the second thing is gratitude. So we had faith and gratitude. I think these will help us step out of that victim mindset. And The reason I think gratitude is really helpful is because when we're playing a victim, all we're doing is focusing on everything we don't have, everything that's not going right for us. But what's gratitude? It's the complete opposite, isn't it? It's when you go, well, I have friends. I have people I can talk to. I have loads I can learn. I've got abilities. I do at least have choice. I can step into something different. I have way more going for me than I have going against me, and gratitude is doing that. So one challenge I want to give you this week if you feel and relate to that victim mindset is, before you go to bed, I want you to think of 10 things that you are grateful for. It's really simple, but just 10 things before you go to sleep. And then when you get up in the morning, the first thing I want you to do is think of 10 things that you are grateful for. If you get into a habit of gratitude, it's really hard to be down, it's really hard to be miserable, and it's really hard to be a victim because you suddenly realize, actually, my life has more going for it than I thought it did. Um, I'd like to invite Joel and Connor up because we're going to sing a song that hopefully inspires you to gratitude. Yes. Okay, uh, if you haven't seen that movie, it's called Megamind, it's worth a watch. Um, and if you watch it this week, have a look all the way through and see if you can observe the three roles that we've looked at. Who's the hero? Who's playing the villain? Who's playing the victim? Because what's fascinating in the movie is they kind of swap around and they change. Okay, we're going to talk about the hero. Now, I relate to this a lot, and I think partly, as I mentioned before, it's because uh, of our upbringing in church. I think we've been brought up to play that role. Also, I come from a family where we literally have a Latin motto that says, you weren't born just for yourself, you were born for the whole world. (laughs) That's pretty much a hero mantra, isn't it? Um, But interestingly, you can see the same things through different eyes and actually see, that's a great motto to live life by, and we'll find out why in a minute, but maybe not as the hero. Okay, our culture loves a hero, and it holds heroes up as kind of what we should all aspire to be, I think. I was talking to Kev this week, and he was like, well, no one, who's gonna acknowledge that they're a villain? (laughs) I mean, some people might acknowledge that they play the victim, but who's gonna be like, yeah, I'm the villain? Actually, I've spoken to some people this week. My wife, very honestly, was like, oh, yeah, I definitely play that role loads. And it's really important that we recognize when we play each of those roles. Um, Okay, so name me some heroes that you can think of. Come on, shout some out at me. Captain Captain America, brilliant. He's the archetypal hero, isn't he? He has the stance and the music and the shield. His whole thing is like he swoops in to save people, and he has to be this super person Because Captain America's backstory is that it was a really weedy little guy. And he went through this big machine and suddenly he's like, da-da. The reality is, people aren't da-da. We're just humans, aren't we? We're just normal people. Uh, What about Spider-Man? We know that actually he's this geeky guy, Peter Parker. Or Batman. Now, the ironic thing about Batman is that he's a billionaire. He could probably actually make some real change in a city, but instead he dresses up in a weird costume and beats people up every night. He could probably solve the problem in better ways, you know? But I think there's something in each of us that aspires to be that hero sometimes. When we're playing the hero role, we say things like, poor you, let me help, I'll step in and do it or I'll do it for you, and I am a sucker for this. And it gets me in all sorts of problems, and here's why. And some of you might be thinking, what's wrong with being a hero? Surely that's a good thing. Here's why it's a problem. You can assume all the responsibility for things that aren't your responsibility, and then no one else steps up to fill the gap, because you've filled all the gaps. You're spinning all of the plates, and you eventually get to a point where you're like, I can't do it all. And then there's no one to step in, because you've been doing it all. Um, that's kind of what I experienced a little bit this week when I had a bit of a meltdown because I realized I'd in my head I was like, but well, I've got to do that and I've got to fix this and we've got a whole show to prepare and I've got to speak on Sunday. And, and I was trying to spin all of these plates. Now, when I actually sat down and talked to someone, they were like, you've got time, you can do it. Can you see what happened to me this week? I very quickly went from hero to victim. I've got no time. And, and it's very easy to do that and bounce around these rows. Okay. The hero spots a victim that they think is helpless and they swoop in to save them, offering a quick fix to make things right and give temporary relief. Now, when we're playing the role of hero in our relationships, because remember, this is all about relational conflict and the roles we play in that, we don't want other people to suffer or feel uncomfortable. And so we do or say things or don't do and don't say things to stop ourselves or other people feeling uncomfortable without making people actually face the core issue of why they're feeling that way. When we do the whole, I'll do it for you, it means that other people don't have to actually take responsibility for their lives. Um, Another example this week, I had a phone call, uh, a message from somebody that uh, said that their child was going through a certain ceremony, and all I wanted to do was say, why are they doing that? But I didn't want to rock the boat, And I thought, oh, I might upset them. So I kind of played the hero by going, oh, I hope it all goes well. Now, you might think, what's wrong with that? Sometimes we don't say the things that actually we might need to to promote some change in the world. Because actually, we just want to keep everything nice all the time. Ta-da, everything's cool. Actually, sometimes we need the hero to take off their cape, step down and, like the guy did in the clip, go, I'm done being the hero. It's time for somebody else to step up and fill the gap okay this uh okay yeah now uh, we can hero for other people but i want you to have a little think about whether you do it for yourself sometimes because remember what a hero does the hero is the thing that jumps in and gives you the quick fix to make everything be all right now your hero might not be superman or batman it might be social media you might be like Where's my hero? Oh, there is ah, oh, now I feel better. It might be food. Suddenly, ah, oh, yep, yeah, I feel better because I've done a bit of comfort eating. It might be shopping, it might be cleaning, it might be some kind of activity, but it's the thing that instead of actually dealing with what's really going on, we go to our little hero. Your hero might not actually be a person that you look to, it might be a thing. Okay, why do we play this role of hero? This is huge. The hero seeks value by being needed by others. Guilty. Anyone else in here seek value by being needed or maybe being useful to others? I don't think that is a great way of me finding my value in the world. And here's why. Another experience I had this week. uh, I thought, oh, I've got a great idea. I'm going to do this amazing thing for this person to get them out of this hole. And so I did this amazing thing, and I was thinking, oh, they're going to love me because of this. And I obviously don't say these. We never say these things out loud, do we? But it's going on. It's the story we're telling ourselves in our head. Sometimes we don't even realize it's going on until they go, "Yeah, I don't like it. I don't want it. And then you're like, ah, well, I was trying to be the hero. And then we very quickly ping around these different roles. We suddenly feel like the victim. Well, I'm, nothing I do is worth anything, is it? And it's all just helpless. And then we bounce up to villain and we take this, they never do anything. Like, I'm the one that's doing everything. And can you see how we bounce around these roles really quickly? And neither of them are helpful. And actually, neither of them are real either. It's all in your head. It's all stuff that's going on, and it's the story we're telling ourselves. Okay, I read this this week. It says, heroes are a big ball of guilt who need someone to help. Because when you're the hero to others, then you don't have to deal with your own feelings of anxiety. let big, isn't it? The rescuer appears to be the victim's saviour from the persecutor, but actually cements the persecutor and the victim in their negative behaviours, almost giving them position to stay as the bully or the bullied, as it makes everyone feel that they have a purpose in this drama triangle. The thing with the story is everybody's got a role that they fit in, but real life is a little bit different. We have to sometimes take responsibility for ourselves. Okay. When we play the role of hero, and this is a classic thing you've probably heard before, we give somebody a fish instead of of teaching them how to fish. That's probably a great uh, example for what it means to be the hero and why it's a problem. It's because instead of teaching somebody else how to fish, you like, here's a fish sandwich for you. So we can recognize that we are playing the role of hero. How do we grow out of that? Well, instead of playing the role of hero, we need to hang up our hero cape, like the dude did in that clip, and take on the role of a coach. So the victim had to take on the role of creator. And if you find yourself being a hero, and you can think, yeah, I can see how I can do that. I can see how it can be unhelpful. The role we need to grow into is the role of a coach. Now, how is a coach different? A coach is concerned and cares for the person playing the victim and wants to promote their independence. I'll read that again. The coach is concerned and cares for the person playing the victim, but wants to promote their independence. They don't see them as a victim. They see them as a creator. They see the potential in them, powerful and capable of making their own choices. So instead of swooping in to save the victim and fix everything for them, a coach will listen, ask questions, and help this creator solve their own problems. Questions like, what do you actually want? <laughs> if, you, if you find yourself being the victim, sometimes you might need a coach to say, what do you actually want in this situation? And what do you think you can do to change things and move things forward? This can be helpful in your jobs, in your family, with your kids. I bet with our kids, not, I don't have kids, and it's really hard to teach a cat to clean their own litter tray. But <laughs> take responsibility for your life, come on. <laughs> um, I guess with children they can take a little more responsibility. There are some cats though, you've seen on like YouTube, there's some cats, someone's taught them how to like open doors and use the toilet and stuff. <laughs> Mad. Anyway, let's get beyond cats. Uh, yeah, when you're the coach, it's about trying to teach other people to take responsibility and I guess with, when you have kids, it takes a lot of hard work to teach somebody else to do things. It's a lot easier to do everything for them, isn't it? Um, so I guess that's the challenge. If we find ourselves being that hero, if we really want people to grow up, they have to step up and take responsibility for themselves. We have to become the coach. Um, I think that's the challenge for us as a community as well. It's really easy when you see things that need to be doing to go, oh, I'll do it. Sometimes it's like, is there somebody else that I could get alongside me so that I could train them to do it as well? Okay. Being coach is harder than being a hero because it takes patience, it takes time, it takes effort, but it creates a long-lasting change and a legacy that goes beyond ourselves. So we've looked at the victim, we've looked at the hero, and a couple of weeks ago, Maggie and Dave sent me a really cool clip that we're going to watch now. Um, and I think it introduces the idea for the last role of the drama triangle about being the villain. Let's have a look. Thank you very much for sending that. It's brilliant, isn't it? And I, th- I think it kind of sets that up very well how we can actually be the villain. Because, I'm not saying the villain at you. That was not specific. That was just a general point into the atmosphere. (laughs) I'll get you some cookies, Mick. What a horrible person. I shouldn't have eaten that pizza. It's all their fault. They should know better. They're wrong, and I'm right, and they need to do what I say. I am such a bad person. They're such a bad person. These are all things that we tend to say in the role of villain or Persecutor. Now the drama triangle is shaped with a flat line along the top and one at the bottom. It's like a two-up, one-down shape for a specific reason. And it's because when we're playing hero or villain, there's a sense of superiority. Because when we're playing the hero, it's like, da-da, I'll be the one that will help. When we're playing the villain, it's like, you're awful, you're kind of looking down and saying, I know what's going on here. What an awful person eating all of those cookies. And when you're the victim, you've sunk down, probably thinking less of yourself than you ought. Okay. When we're playing the villain or victim, sorry, when we're playing the villain or persecutor, we are focused on blame. We know best, and we're happy to point the finger at how people should have done things and ensure that other people know they're in the wrong. When we're in the persecutor or villain role, we need someone else to criticize and we want to control other people with our strict rules and our bullying behaviors because underneath all the bluster is a fear of being powerless and becoming a victim. We all know this phrase, hurt people hurt other people. And I think that's often what's behind us when we are being the villain. Because this is the one, like Kev said, no one's going to want to acknowledge being a villain. But we all have played that role at some point in our lives when we think we know what's best and we know what they should have done. And it's when someone doesn't meet our expectations. For those of you who have been around a long time, you remember when we talked about unfulfilled expectations. And there's a really helpful process to learn, which is we all have expectations of how people should behave. And there's nothing wrong with having expectations. It's the reason why you're all behaving and listening so nicely to me now, it would definitely not meet your expectations if Mick stood up and went, you're talking a load of rubbish, Danny, get off. Suddenly, he would have fallen below our expectations, and there would be an accusation there. And what we then do with the accusation determines whether we end up judging, dismissing, condemning someone, or forgiving, giving someone another chance. Okay, so when we're playing the villain, we're blaming And it's always because there's a story going on behind that hurt, that actually instead of me dealing with that sense of shame and blame that I have myself, I want to put it on somebody else, because it's a lot more comfortable to do that. You know, it's a common theme in this. It's a lot more comfortable to play these roles than it is to step up and actually live real life. Okay, so sometimes rather than dealing with a sense of guilt that we have over something, we place that on somebody else. Because it's easier to accuse someone else than deal with our own issues. Now, those of us that tend to play the role of hero can easily slip into the role of villain when someone else doesn't appreciate our heroic efforts. I mentioned this a little bit before, that I've definitely fallen into this. But here's what we say. We say, after all I've done for you, this is how you treat me. Has anybody ever felt like that? You might do that with your your kids. You think, I've been the hero, and now... I am all set to criticize you because I feel like there's this massive debt that you owe me, and then we, we kind of become the baddie. Okay, the problem with playing the villain is that we might feel self-righteous about having all the answers, but we don't actually solve any problems by pointing out everything that's wrong. Um, and we don't actually help anyone else solve their problems, because in our mind we think that they deserve what's coming to them we feel we constantly have to fight for survival and struggle to protect ourselves in what we perceive as a hostile world. Okay, so if we recognize that we're playing the role of villain, how can we grow out of that? Well, we need to let go of blame. That's a huge part of it. Like we said, expectations are fine. There are certain things that should be done a certain way, but the shoulds can be very powerful and can have a very negative role in our life when blame is always at the center of it. So what we need to do is lose the blame and become challengers. Where's our next slide? So the villain has to become a challenger. Now this is a really important role in the world if you ever want things to move forward and change. It's one that we actually aren't very comfortable with because actually, if most of us are heroes, it's like, stop disturbing the peace, everything's fine. And the challenger comes in and goes, That's not. And it's like, oh, why did you have to mention that? Okay, challengers apply healthy pressure to face and deal with situations and inspire learning, growth, and action. So instead of just being the one who's blaming everybody and slagging everybody off, we're actually putting some positive pressure on to push things in the right direction. If we perceive someone or someone else to be the villain in our life, then remind ourselves of this. They're not actually a villain. Now, I think that's really important to remember. Often these are the stories that we tell ourselves in our life, and those people that you might think are the least favorite people for you to be around, they're not actually a bad person. They're not actually a villain. They're just a human being with a story. And that's kind of what I like about a lot of, um, if you look at a lot of uh, origin stories of villains... For example, our Halloween show is all about them. Come along. Uh, It's all about how, for example, I'm playing Hook in one of the songs, um, and Hook has a story behind how he got his hook. And actually, when you hear his story, you're like, well, it's no wonder he turned out the way he did because of his story. Um, If you perceive someone else to be a villain, then remind yourself they're not actually a villain, they're a person with a story. So let the villain be a challenge to you. If you perceive someone to be a villain in your life, We'll probably have those people in mind that you might be thinking of. Instead of thinking, oh, I'm a victim, and they're the villain, and having that sense of, like, I'm powerless. Instead, allow their actions to challenge you to think, well, actually, is there anything they're pointing at that maybe I could do something about here? Maybe I could step up to be the creator and say, actually, maybe they've got a point. Now, they might not be doing it in the way that would be ideal, but they might be actually pushing me in the right direction. Oh, Okay, we're nearly done. So we are all telling ourselves stories about the world around us and about ourselves. One of the things that came up when I was chatting to Beth about this this week is those of you who have kids probably tell your kids stories before you go to bed. I wonder what stories you were told as a kid. In fact, I'd be really interested to talk to you guys afterwards about what the stories you were told when you went to bed were. Mine were kind of weird. They were all... Um, about Christian missionaries who, who went off to foreign lands to save people, it's like no wonder I ended up in the situation I did, um, because that was what was held up for me, as like this is the ideal of what you need to aspire to, um, and there's nothing wrong with that, and there's a lot of admiration for people who genuinely thought that they were, they were going out and, and made a big difference in the world, so I don't want to belittle that at all, um, but we have all been told stories as we've grown up. Um, your kids will be told stories in school and in the school system. What stories are they being told? What stories are you telling them? Have a think about it tonight when you, when you put them to bed. What are the stories you're telling them and what role are they being put in in that story? Okay, remember this though, the roles are not real. Heroes aren't actually heroes. If you think that you need to be the hero, the good news today is that you're not actually a hero. If you feel like a victim, then the good news for you today is that you're actually not helpless. And instead of looking for someone else to save you and fly in, embrace the gratitude and faith and start taking steps to create the reality that you want to see. If you identify that you're a wannabe hero, which I think some of us are, then the good news for you today, like we said, is you're actually not a hero and you don't need to fix everything. So instead, step up and be a coach, bring some other people up and help them find their potential instead of doing things for them. And if you feel yourself feeling like a villain, then the good news for you today is that you are not a bad person. And that's really important for... There's definitely certain personality types that their whole drive in life is actually rooted in the belief that they're a bad person. But actually, if you think you're the villain, you need to step up to become the challenger because actually you have an essential voice that will inspire people to learn grow and take action so connor we're going to finish with a song when drama strikes in your life and you have relational conflict and you find yourself playing one of these parts this week then remember that the roles are not real and you are not limited by the story you've been told so you can have a moment and you can change and you can grow thanks for listening Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. Now, if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, then we would love to hear from you. Feel free to drop us an email to info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. Don't forget there are blogs and all sorts of media to be enjoyed at qyork.co.uk, which you are welcome to browse at your leisure. Until next time, enjoy the quest.